are Locked On Astros, your daily Houston Astros podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. You can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and, and Stros411 on Facebook. And you can find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. And I think I was just telling Brett before this that we have like an eight-hour podcast that we're, pro- we're probably not going to do eight hours, but there is so much to decode so to speak, from today and even from yesterday. And I am so – and I I guess I want to take a moment to say that I'm not going to be on the podcast next week. I am taking a uh, family vacation. When I say family, I mean me and my wife. But uh, we're going to be going away for a little bit, and uh, Brett's going to go ahead and take over the podcast for a week. And uh, what type of guests do you have coming? Well, I've got a few guests. I've got um, a friend of mine, Rob Fontenot, who does a podcast on his own, does a phenomenal job with his podcast. And I'm bringing on Bill Brown, um, former Houston Astros um, TV commentator, as well, Bob Kendrick, who is the president of the Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame. I figured. And it's a 100 year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. With a 100 year anniversary, he would be perfect, a perfect guest. And I've been trying to connect with him. So I got him lined up. I got another guy from Stroh's 401 coming on, Corey Hightower, and another guy that just started recently doing podcasting called Big League Chewing, a guy named Mike, going to bring those guys on. So hopefully we'll have some good conversation. We'll talk about the Astros, but we may delve away from the Astros a little bit to talk about their world a little bit, see what they do, see what their interests are, um, so you can get to know some different personalities. Yeah, so you can get locked on Astros on Podcast and App Himalaya, as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in car, tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked on Astros. Yeah, so I'm not sure what you're going to be talking about next week. I know you'll have different guests on, and I'm sure Bill Brown doesn't want to talk about the Astros cheating. But hopefully once I get back the next week, let's just go and focus on spring training and focus on who's doing good so far this spring and all that type of stuff because I'm about ready for this to be done, and I know it's not going anywhere. I know this is not going to just disappear, but we don't have to keep on talking about this. So uh, something that did happen after our podcast last night, and thank you to all those who are listening. Uh, We are seeing you and we are hearing you. So thank you for all that. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and uh, leave a nice review and just tell your friends. Um, uh, We grow with the word of mouth. So uh, but after last night's podcast, uh, Rob Centrinos came out and said that I never used any buzzers. I know that sounds like, um, what is that Bill Clinton um, quote? I never I never had some type of relations with that woman. That's what it kind of sounds like. I, I never used a buzzer. And so um, I know the buzzer was a big topic in A.J. Hinch's interview the other day. And a lot of people were not too happy with what he talked about. And he said that he, he never really said no. And so he came out, I guess he came out through Sports Illustrated, and he said this. After my interview with Tom Verducci last week, there has been some significant reaction 
to my answer to the buzzer question. To be clear, I have never seen any such device used in baseball. I am not aware of any such device existing or being utilized with the Astros, the players, or any other team. What do you think? I mean, you have to take the man of his, you have to take the man at his word. Um, I believe that he gave probably one of the most sincere, heartfelt interviews that I've seen in recent memory of someone caught up in something that's close to a scandal, especially in sports. Um, you never really saw any remorse or reactions like this out of the guys out of New England. I mean, we're being compared to the New England, you know, we are the New England Patriots now of the MLB, which I think is total crap. Like, no, we're not. Like, we haven't won six titles in like 10 years or whatever. But, but the bottom line is AJ Hinch, I think him saying that confirms it. Because why would he now want to fabricate more stories and, and create more of an issue if he really loves baseball, if he really wants to get back into baseball? He's got everything to lose. If he doubles down on something that's not true, then that could be his career. And so he's definitely speaking the truth there, Eric. And um, I take the man at his word. Yeah, he said, I continued, he said, I was first asked about such devices during the investigation by MLB. In my interview with Tom, I acknowledged the commissioner's report as evidence due to the in-depth nature of the investigation, not as an intended non-answer or a way to elude the question. And that's what the national media took it as. Oh, he didn't say no. He didn't say no. So that meant that uh, it did happen. So, And a lot of people, even on Facebook, when I posted a picture yesterday uh, of uh, Torino's, people were like, ooh, he's, he's not saying no. He's not saying no. Or by the fact that he said, I did not use them, does that mean that other people are using them? So it's just a weird situation where it's just – I. I don't know. I don't think the Astros, and we're about to talk about what happened after break. We're going to take an early break today to kind of segue from the day before to today's stuff. But um, any other final thoughts on A.J. Hinch? No, I just think um, it's interesting you say that. Um, they They asked Chapman about the home run, about buzzers and all that stuff. And all Chapman said was, look, I know there's been speculation. But I look back and I take responsibility for the pitch I threw, basically, is what he said. So he didn't really give a whole lot of meat to the conversation of buzzers. But I think that's been laid to rest. And you'll see as we talk about the things from today, um, you'll see some of the players, they were they were hit dead on with some of these questions. So um, a- AJ's a great man. I think I think AJ, out of all the people that are caught up in the scandal, um, probably come out of this um, smelling the best in the executive realm of the Astros. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, uh, I think some people would be very hesitant to hire him as a, a manager in the future. He may have to work his way back up. But at the same time, this guy is good at what he does. Maybe people will forget about that one lapse in leadership. But at the same time, it happened for a while. So uh, on last night's podcast, we were speculating what the Astros would say. And I I would, I would, said I would be surprised if they really said anything. And uh, we're, we'll talk about it after the break in a second. But at the same time, they could have said, I love Lamp. Or, hey, you killed somebody. Or what was the guy's name? Um, uh, the guy from uh, – but basically, he could just say any random stuff. You got it, dude. And the, everybody would be like, you know what? The Astros are not remorseful. And I – Yeah, well, they could have – Eric, Eric, they could have they could have given the ring back. They could have taken the banner down, the metal yellow, the, the metal gold flag, 
given it back to the people saying, this is yours, not mine. They could have gift wrapped it, given it back, given it to the Dodgers. They could have done all that stuff and it still wouldn't have been enough. And I understand. Um, and uh, I know that we, uh, there's, there's a lot of on both sides. There's a lot of people who are fans of their team and they're fans of our team. And then there's players of that team, players of our team. So there's a lot of emotions here and, uh, it just it's all an eye of the beholder and fortunately we may never know what exactly happened but at the same time I don't think we really want to know what happened so remember to get the show every day subscribe to Locked On Astros on Himalaya Apple Podcasts or Spotify listen in your car to or from work every day if you've been a listener of this podcast I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans but you may not know that Locked On is a great way for your local businesses to reach passionate Astros fans just like yourself. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to make to connect to Astros fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with a disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans loves to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to the Locked on Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. You can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter. And you can find the show at Locked on Astros. If you can't tell, we're both kind of under the weather and um, we're trying to like bulldoze our way through this or steamroll, I should say. Yeah, we're, our yeah, way we're steamroll like El Jefe. Yeah. So, um, but before we kind of talk about what happened today at the press conference, the apology conference, whatever you want to call that, let's talk about the good things that we saw today. We saw Forrest Whitley throwing a baseball. We saw um, Jose Urquidy, who apparently got over his visa issue and made it to, um, to camp on time. And we saw a lot of the team playing together, like, we saw George Springer and Josh Reddick playing catch. And uh, depending on who you believe, I mean, Reddick uh, was apparently not really fond of what was going on. But George Springer at the same time, he's my favorite player. But apparently he was using this more more than anybody else, I guess. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the whole situation is. But all we know is that the Astros have had how long, what, three months to yeah. come up with this apology. And people are saying it's not enough. And I don't know if it was really enough. I don't know what's going on. But uh, before we get into that, let's kind of talk about how spring training is going to be run. And basically, it's going to be run the same way it's been done for the past two years bench coach uh, Joe Espada will be in charge. Dusty Baker will be kind of just there to um, observing, getting to know his players. And uh, I think we'll see towards the end of spring training, I think we'll see a lot of more of 
Dusty Baker kind of putting his stamp on it, so to speak. And but um, I'm excited. I'm excited for baseball to start. I'm excited for uh, the first pitch of spring training, just so we could put all this crap. We can't put it to bed. We can't retire it. We can't elude it. It's just like that X that will never go away. And it's just like, get out of my life. But it's not. And it's not going to go away. And a lot of people think that the press conference the Astros did today made it worse. So yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I do too. Well, you know, um, I just want to say this. I'm I'm super pumped about I'm seeing Lance McCullers Jr. out there. Um, that guy, he basically has been waiting. Um what did it say, like 464 days since he underwent Tommy John. Um, and I know he's been out at the field. A friend of mine, their kids went and toured Minute Maid Park, and he was out there doing long toss. And so just to have him back, and apparently he's very eager. He's very ready to get out there. And so with him not being on the field with the team in 2019, um, of course he was a, a big part of the 2017 run. So eventually he'll probably field questions. But um, I think it's really cool to see him out there um, – I was watching Forrest Whitley, and you could hear some of the coaches in the background. They were they were working with his mechanics, and you could tell um, Whitley was getting a little frustrated um, with a few pitches, and I think it was with his with his with his plant foot. And it's it's really good though that, that he's out there grinding, and I really think that um, Forrest Whitley um, may be a mover and shaker this year in spring training. Um, and you know, Eric, I'm really hoping he makes a squad. But um, again, we can't ignore the things that that the players said, although I think the press conference seemed a little manufactured. The press conference for me was a little weak from the owner's perspective. Um, I think he probably should have, um, you know, not really said anything. I think they should have just ramrod. It should have been the players. Honestly, it should have yeah. been the players. Dusty Baker could have been there to act as a mediator or something like that. Uh, we were respecting what all 10 players who are still on that team, um, I know uh, th- people that come to mind are um, Justin Verlander and then Josh Reddick. And there's several other players. I had a list here. I can't find it right now. But there are several players out there. Why was Jose Altuve the one who supposedly used it the least uh, out there? And then Alex Bregman. I know Alex Bregman is kind of becoming the face of the Astros, so to speak. But uh, at the same time, there's other people here. Here's the list. It was Altuve. Bregman, Carlos Correa, Yuli Gurriel, George Springer, Josh Reddick, and Justin Verlander. All these guys are still on the Astros roster from the 2017 team, but only two of them were there. Yes, I know that after the press conference, they were available for 30 to 40 minutes outside of their locker, but at the same time, what do you expect them to say? I mean, Justin Verlander came out and said some great stuff. We'll talk about that in a second. We keep on skirting around this. I guess we just got to talk about this. And yeah, we just we just got to hit head on, man. Yeah, I know. So here's what Jose Altuve had to say. Let's talk, start with the players first, and then we'll talk about what Jim Crane said. So Altuve said the whole Astros um, organization and team feels bad about what happened in 2017. We especially feel remorse for impact on our fans. In a game of baseball, our team is determined to move forward, to play with intensity, and to bring back a championship to Houston in 2020. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, what else? What else do you want that guy to say? And you know, Bregman, I want him to he, come out and say, "Look, 
punks. That's not the word I want to use. You know what I want to use. But look, right. punk, I did not use it. This is that bro over there. Uh, he's 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 the hoe over there that did it. But no, I, yeah, I don't know what you want him to say, and I don't know what baseball wants him to say. He's he's well, he's saying he's sorry. What else do you want? Well, you know, um, I tell you the reason why Altuve and Bregman were the ones that spoke is because Altuve is the leader of this team, and um, Bregman is the lightning rod of this team. And so, why not have the heart of the team and the lightning rod both speak? Um, Bregman, um, now in his presser afterwards, I said presser in the locker room. I don't even know if I'm using the right language. In the locker room when they were when they were talking to him, um, he was hesitant on a lot of his answers. And to me, he seemed a little uncomfortable. But, you know, this is actually, I think, a good thing. I think, I think the blessings and the curse, Eric, because you've got guys like Reddick, guys like Bregman that are brass, that are in your face. And this forces them to coil back a little bit. And not to be on the defensive or weak, but it makes them really think about what they're saying and what they're doing. And this may actually have a reverse effect um, in the positive for them. Um, Bregman, he said, hey, I'm sorry about the choices that were made by the team, by the organization, and by me. I've learned from this, and I hope to regain the trust of baseball fans. I would also like to thank the Astros fans for all their support. We as a team are totally focused on moving forward to the 2020 season. And... I, I thought that was great. Um, but if I were to pick an MVP today, Eric, you know you know who it would be? Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa would be my MVP today. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that in a second. But my okay. only – we know who Alex Bregman is. He's this cocky little SOB that just – he'll, he'll um, like go toe-to-toe with Trevor Bauer and everything. But he just looked defeated, and he looked like it was something he did not want to do. And no, right. It just, gonna, I guess both of them did. And who wants to go out there and say, yeah, well, we cheated. Sorry. Now, yeah. Altuve, Altuve comes from a more humble perspective. Uh, he's humbled by this. I promise you, Bregman, sometimes as a young, cocky player, you had to be knocked down a notch a little bit. And like I said, that's why I'm saying the blessings and the curse. That's why I think something like this could actually end up being in the long run like a turning point if you think the dude's ba i don't know if we're allowed to say the a word but if, if you think he's ba before this he's gonna come out with this with this freaking hair on fire in in 2020 um he got cheated out of the mvp last year i thought and um he's he's coming back for more y'all he's not he, he he's not gonna shy away yeah so jim crane on the other hand uh at one point he said i shouldn't be responsible for any of this um, and uh, th- this is what his, orig- his opening statement was. We don't endorse the actions that took place. We apologized. So leave us alone. No, he didn't say that, but <laughs> it's been tough on the team, so leave us alone. Tough on the city, leave us alone. And tough on the nation, leave us alone. I don't disagree with that. The only thing we could do is sit here and say, we're sorry, leave us alone. We're going to move forward with a positive way, leave us alone. You can count on us to be a more positive force in delivering this message. Leave us alone. This will not happen again underneath my watch. Leave me alone. <laughs> so, wait, Eric. I don't. I don't. I watched the. I watched the press conference. I don't remember the "Leave me alone." Were those? Were those your? It, it's like their chorus. It's like the chorus oh, okay. to a song. Okay. Yeah. It's like okay. It's like in parentheses, yes. and they're like, "Leave me alone," like a choir thing in the background. Yeah, and Leave me so. Alone. 
Yeah, at one point he also said that uh, the players should not be held accountable, and he's already said this, but it just uh, the thing that really I think angered America was the fact that uh, he said that it had no impact on the outcome of the 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 playoffs, and then later on he said, um, so here it is, it didn't impact a game, uh, and uh, people said that. That really pissed him off, and he said. But then a little bit later, he said, "Well, it did change the outcome of the games," and so he kind of uh, backtracked there. But at the same time, this guy is not probably a professional speaker. This is a guy who has a lot of money. He pays people to speak for him, but this is one of those circumstances where he has to speak, and maybe he just didn't know what to say, whatever. But I. Uh, at this, yeah, I really think we already heard. Sorry, we already heard okay. what Jim Crane had to say. We want to hear what the players had to say, and right. I wish we heard a lot more. And before I turn back over to you, yeah. if I was a Angels beat reporter, a A's beat reporter, and I traveled all the way to Fifteen Park to watch this press conference, and it was only what fifteen minutes or maybe thirty minutes. Right. I would have been totally pissed. I know that they had the whole after party, so to speak, where everybody was like, leave us alone, too. And uh, so right. uh, I don't know. I don't think anything has happened, but we'll have to talk about Carlos Correa. But any closing before we move on from yeah, this part? It reminded me when, when Jacoby Jones fumbled the punt against the Ravens um, in the playoffs. And uh, the Texans' hopes of winning that game slipped away. And he was Jacoby Jones. And people were burning his jersey after that game. And people were burning if they had Jim Crane jerseys probably after that press conference. Now, Jim Crane does care about this team. There's no doubt. Jim Crane does want them to be a winner. This is his product. And so ultimately, he is responsible. I think he was not coached properly. I think the PR from the Astros standpoint has been an absolute nightmare where their sabermetrics is phenomenal and their scouting is amazing, their PR department failed miserably i think they get an yeah. f today for their performance yeah guys we're gonna go ahead and make this a three a two breaker just so we can uh because this could probably be a long one we still got the a lot to talk breaker. about yeah so guys uh remember get the show every day subscribe to locked on astros on himalaya apple Podcasts, or spotify listen in your car to or from work every day all right, welcome back to Locked On Astros. This is the locker room after party where we're talking about what the Astros said during, or I guess after, the big moment where nothing happened. And I think more happened in the locker room. So let's go into the locker room and see what they said. All right, Justin Verlander was asked about this, and you know Justin Verlander. A lot of people have given him a lot of slack because he is Mr. Integrity. He's not going to talk to the Detroit beat writer because of something that happened a long time ago. So he said, this was his quote, once I spent some time and understood what was happening, just keep in mind this guy was not traded to the Astros till August 31st and he probably didn't make it to the Astros team until what September 1st or 2nd or right, 3rd yes. so Correct. Uh, he he may not have really known this and he wasn't part of the initial thing but this is what he said once I spent some time and understood what was happening I wish I would have had, had said some more I can't go back and reverse my decision 
I wish I had t- said more, and I didn't. So that means he did say something, and uh, that's not surprising to me. We know that Brian McCann tried to make the stop. We know that their AJ Hinch tried to make the stop. So the grizzled veteran, the old school pitcher, probably tried to make it stop as well. And so he was asked, so what did you say? And he said, well, I'm not going to really go into all that. Of course he's not. He's not going to rat out his teammates. And uh, he's not going to Mike fires his teammates. Yeah, Sorry about that. But, uh, so okay. uh, I don't know. Uh, that that was kind of generic. But at the same time, he was he came in at the end when uh, they were kind of wrapping it up. He maybe didn't notice it. But I would be more upset with the players who are on the team the whole year. Like the Josh Reddicks, who apparently didn't use it that much. And the Jose Altuve's. But what what's Altuve going to do about it? So uh, what did Mr. Oh, before you read Carlos Gray, let me take a look at what happened with Josh Reddick. So Josh Reddick, here's what Mr. Wu had to say. We were a good baseball team, and we still are a good team. It is one of those unfortunate things that we didn't make the best judgment call. It's a thing that we have to deal with right now. Leave us alone. We'll take full responsibility for it. Leave us alone. We feel bad. We're sorry for it. We have to move on. We move forward. We win. And that will be the best thing for us. And uh, he was actually asked about, because um, he spent time with the Dodgers, and he was asked about game five where the Astros scored four runs off Glenn Kershaw. And he said, did you, and people said, did you actually reach out to Clayton Kershaw and apologize? And he said, well, that's would kind of be awkward conversation. I don't know if I want to do that. Uh, I'm sorry for it, but uh, I just wouldn't do that. And I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, uh, Clayton Kershaw has developed this bad reputation of being a bad postseason pitcher. And part of it was he faced the Astros that year and then the Dodgers who were cheating at the same time. So, uh, well, we don't know that allegedly. So that, that investigation has been pushed back. But um, so nothing too crazy here. I mean, I guess Reddick said he didn't make the right jet judgment call here. So let's hear what Carlos Correa had to say. Yeah, I love Carlos Correa today. Um, I gained a lot of respect for him. Um, I've always liked him as a player. This is what he said. Also, before when, you get started, yeah, this also means he will not be back with the Astros. He's going to leave via free agency, just saying. Okay, well, um, all right. I'm just saying I like the guy more today than I ever have. And this is what he said. He was asked about buzzers. He was asked about wearing buzzers or devices. And he said, no, no, that's a lie. Nobody wore buzzers. Nobody wore devices. The story should be clear already. We know for sure, for a fact, 100% as a team. And I can tell you, stories keep coming out. And I'm... And if I'm lying here, I lose credibility. If something like that comes out and that's not what I want to do, you guys know me. I want to speak the truth. Every time, every time I talk to you guys, it's just straight up false. Nobody wore anything in 2018, nothing 2019, nothing. I mean, Carlos Correa, I mean, he went on. He said, there are no excuses for that. We were wrong for everything we did in 2017. That's not what we stand for. It's not what we want to portray as an organization. We're definitely wrong about all of that. And we feel really sorry. 
we know we affected careers. We affected the game in some way. Looking back at it, it was just bad. I wish we would have stopped, stopped it at the time, and we didn't. And for that, we're paying the price. We're deeply sorry. And I'm going to stop right there with the quotes because um, I've got another one to share, but I just want to say this. He handled this like a pro. Like whoever coached him in this apparently didn't coach Jim Crane in what he said because all they needed was Carlos Correa out there. If they would have just sent Carlos Correa to the press conference and he would have said those things, everybody would have had their jaw on the floor. They would have freaked out. Oh, my God, this guy's coming out in the open, you know, sharing his heart with us. And he's just basically telling them, we know it's not just bad for us. It's bad for the game. It's bad for people's careers. So he acknowledged sympathy and empathy for other people being affected, which is huge because there is like, oh, they're not really remorseful. This is this is this is manufactured. There was nothing manufactured about what Carlos Correa said. Um, you know, and then the last thing I'll wrap this up. He said we are a good baseball team and we still are a good oh, that was Josh Reddick. Um, so let me let me tell you something about Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick is from Georgia and he ain't taking nobody's crap. And he probably is pissed that he has to apologize. Yeah. And I guarantee he's like, screw y'all. You know, I'm going to do what I do and you do what you do. I'm going to go hit the freaking baseball. I'm going to go rob home runs like Spider-Man. And I'm going to woo when I get up to bat. And y'all need to shut the hell up because we got some baseball to play. That's his mindset right there. That's the real Josh Reddick. Yeah, but this was the biggest moment, I think, from Carlos Correa. There's another quote. It says, it's an unfair advantage. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I guess the trash can, trash can banning scheme. Right. Uh, when you know what's coming, I think you have a slight edge. But it stopped. And here's what he said. It did not happen at all in 2018. It didn't happen at all in 2019. And it's not going to happen at all moving forward. So I think that he was specifically mentioning the trash cans, not necessarily the relaying signs from uh, the dugout to second base. Right. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I get that. And it takes it takes a mature person to admit that. But every one of these guys has a personality, and every one of these guys' personalities came out. Um, Bregman, uncomfortable, the cocky, brash, young baseball player, like purely out of character, uncomfortable. Altuve, shaken, noticeably humble. It wasn't me. By this. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but see, that's the thing. All of them had different reactions. Yeah. You can't blame Berlander for his reaction. Like you said, he wasn't here most of the time. Reddick, that's exactly – that I didn't expect Carlos Correa to come out like that. To be real honest with you, I Correa has always come across to me as a cocky kind of prima donna, and um, he showed a lot of maturity today. I'm really proud of Carlos Correa. I may buy a Carlos Correa jersey this year, not a Nike one though. <laughs> All right, yeah, they'll probably be on sale now. Um, you can probably go to Academy and get one for twenty dollars now. No, I'm kidding. But the last quote I want to kind of give you is from George Springer, and this is a guy that I've really uh, grown fond of and uh he's that during the process he was that light behind uh, light at the end of the tunnel this was a our future this was a guy that was going to lead us to the world series and here's what he had to say there is a thing in this game that we all hold on our hat on and that's the respect of your peers is one of the biggest for guys who are upset i understand you don't ever want to be in the situation. So he's telling baseball, look, we get it. We understand you're upset, but 
you wouldn't want to be in our sh- shoes. And uh, we have David Robertson. This was a guy that almost signed with the Astros at one point. He says it's a disgrace what they have done. And then Trevor Bauer has said that the, this, the Houston Astros sign-stealing scheme is up there with the Black Sox scandal and will be talked more about than steroids. That's that's probably true. That's probably but hey, true. But why don't why don't why don't we uh, mention what Dallas Keuchel said? Um, if I can if I can throw that quote in there, um, Dallas Keuchel said he felt it was important to express contrition for the Astros signing scandal, but he did add this. He said we are always going to be World Series champions because we were talented, and to me, we earned the right to be World Series champions. That was Mr. Keuchel throwing his old teammates a bone, saying, you know what, guys, I got your back. I get it. Um, this sucks. And he's a White Sox now, so we hopefully shell him for many runs. But um, when he comes back to Minute Maid, um, I'm going to I'm gonna give the guy a standing ovation. Um, but then I hope we beat him six to nothing. But um, I love what he said. And, you know, what Springer said is true, Eric. They do have to understand that the other players, and I think the more the other players hear that they're genuinely like feel bad or they genuinely feel for them actually being upset, um, because the word on the street, Eric, if you were just to pay attention to Twitter, which is a horrible news source, but if you were just to pay attention to Twitter, you would think that all Astros and all Astros fans were cocky, arrogant, and not remorseful. Um, you would think that we were the most horrible, haughty people in the world, and that's just not the case. Yeah, according to Jim Crane, this was a great group of guys who didn't receive proper guidance from their leaders, and uh, that's when they said he also said the um, that the, the leaders were actually encouraging this at some point. But one thing that I wanted to uh, go ahead and play for you is something that somebody sent me, and this was about Carlos Beltran and. Uh, uh, this is kind. Of, this is about a minute and twenty minutes. I may not play the whole thing, and I hope it sh- it comes out pretty well for y'all. But this is what Carlos Correa had to say about the El Jefe, and he's saying this is totally false. So let's listen to what he had to say. The thing I have a problem with is uh, when I read that report is that, that we were scared of him or we felt intimidated. We didn't feel scared of Beltran. We didn't feel intimidated. He was the nicest guy that we could ever have. He was the best teammate we've ever had. Um, Beltran was was, was was obviously a leader of the clubhouse, and but we all had a say in in everything that we were doing in there, and uh, you know whatever he said um, and whatever we were doing, um, we had the chance to stop it as a team. Everybody, everybody had the chance to say something, and we didn't. So whatever, whoever the anonymous source is that's saying that we felt intimidated or we were too young to say something, that's just straight up bullshit. Um, Oops, I forgot. I forgot to cut it off at that point. But that was something that uh, that he was very passionate about, and it seemed like he was very passionate about a lot of stuff. And uh, he came out and said that that did not happen. The whole El Jefe Godfather thing was not true. But at the same time, I don't know who to believe. I mean, uh, Carlos Beltran is from where? He's from Puerto Rico. Yeah, so um, I don't know if that's just the uh, homeland bond, so to speak, or I don't know if that was true, or I don't know. Well, the, but that's... these guys, Eric, these guys are not going to throw each other under the bus. Yeah, um, they're not going to throw Alex Centrone. They're not going to throw Alex Cora. They're not going to throw Carlos Carlos Beltran under the bus. 
Um, Mike Fires did break the code, and whether Mike Fires is held up as this beacon of hope in a in a terrible time in baseball history, he's this this guiding light bullcrap. He's a freaking rat, and he ratted on his ball club, and that's the bottom line because I said so. Okay, I think I need to vent for a second. I saw Go something ahead. on uh, Twitter that I couldn't believe I was seeing, and we all know who James Click is. He's the Astros' new GM. He's been the GM for how long? What, a week? And yeah, not all even, of a sudden yeah. he's getting questions about Alex Centron and then all the people in the front office who were named in the Wall Street Journal report. When did the Wall Street Journal report come out? A few days ago? Yeah, it came so, out. Um, yeah, yeah. Like and, middle of last week. Yeah, actually, I think it was the beginning of this week. I don't know. All the days are kind of blending in together. But Joel Sherman, I used to have a lot of respect for Joel Sherman, and I'm sure America loved it. But uh, he was asking about uh, – he, sa he said, well, you didn't answer the guy's question. He asked you, should you still have on your staff two players who were uh, intricately involved – with the or maybe he didn't say that, but he said involved with the cheating teams, uh, and why are they still on your team? And James Crick, Click was just like, "Look, I've been here for a week. I'm we're looking at things. We're trying to uh, see what Dusty Baker needs. We're trying to see what uh, the team needs, and we're trying to figure out what the best route to go from here." I'm also still trying to learn people, so um, we're making evaluations. And then Joel Sherman says, you still did not answer the question and went after him again. And uh, it was so funny because um, what's uh, Jeff Passan, I think that's his name, but he came in and kind of slid into it, and he had his glasses on. And so it's just like sliding into your, D your DM during a conversation. But uh, Joel Sherman, I mean, I know that that's what people want. They want the tough answers. But Click has been here for a f like maybe seven, eight days. Yeah. This guy needs a chance to figure out what's going on. We already saw that Dusty Baker brought on somebody that he knows. But Dusty Baker has also named Chris Beyer, who was Dusty Baker's bench coach with the Nationals. He has joined the Astros staff as quality control coach, a.k.a. Uh, hall, hall monitor, uh, just yeah. somebody to no make banging, sure. No yeah. banging on his watch. Yeah, so no banging. So um, just a couple things about what Click said about Centron. Uh, he said that uh, that's something I'm have to talk to Dusty Baker about. Right now, Alex Centron is the hitting coach, and everybody speaks very highly of him. And so, but uh, they're talking about that Centron was a driving uh, force or – that Alex Cintron was described as driving a culture along with Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran in the sign-stealing operation in an email to Jeff Luno. And so this is something that came up in the Wall Street Journal report. This has not come up through the official uh, report by Rob Manfred. And Rob Manfred, he's got to be probably pissed off with this whole – with the Astros comment today. So uh, we got to wrap up the show. And Brett, if I don't get a chance, if I forget, I'm ADD. Have a great week. Um, I'm sure you're going to carry on the Locked On Astros legacy 
for a week, <laughs> and then I'll be back to yell at you for doing stuff wrong. So uh, go and close out the show. No, yeah, I want to I want to close out the show because that that guy that was asking those questions, it was just I don't know, it was just kind of like gotcha stuff. But there's a guy, there's a local guy, Ted Oberg with um, ABC 13, and I was just appalled at a tweet that he had, and he said, "Come on, is this enough for anyone? Will we will when will the Astros players explain what they did?" how they did it, and most importantly, why. A quick apology after getting caught and avoiding punishment is hard to accept as a fan. And I'm like, really? This is such a bad look for a local media guy. Like, whose side are you on, dude? I mean, the players explained in the locker room enough. And we gotta, we're going to have to move on. And just so y'all know, coming into next week um, with Bill Brown, we won't be talking about the scandal with Bob Kendrick. We won't be talking about the scandal with Rob. We will be talking about Astros going forward. Who they who they like on this club? Some history of the game with the with the Negro Leagues, and so there'll be some really good topics for us to discuss. Oh, we will definitely move on. And Eric, um, you put the show in great hands. I'll I'll do you proud. Yeah. So to summarize this show, uh, this episode, the Astros apologized. It was not enough. Carlos Correa was the most uh, sincere in his apology. Uh, Altuve looked like he was really serious about feeling bad about it. But at the same time, I think he's thinking to himself, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. But I don't know. I I don't think I, – I think you put in our notes pretty well. Should they have even done this? And that's a question for another time, I guess. So we'll have to see because I know the initial reports from across baseball, it was not good. And people are questioning the Astros P- PR department. They're questioning everything. But – on Locked on Astros, from this point on, this was kind of the marker that I told Britt uh, about a week ago. I said, we're going to wait till the Astros kind of talk about it. We can't ignore it. It would be irresponsible us, of us to ignore it, but it's not going to monopolize our conversation from here forth. We want to talk about what's going on with the Astros. We want to talk about good things, and that's what the Locked on Astros podcast is about. Unfortunately, this show has been hijacked way too many times this offseason, and I think it's time to move on. Yes, it's going to be a tough year. It's going to be a long year. Every time we go to a different city, we're going to have to re- rehash this. Um, and there's going to be stuff we got to talk about. But I'm ready to talk baseball. I'm ready to watch some baseball. I'm ready to root for these players. But at the same time, every time I see these players hit, I'm going to be like, wow, y'all kind of um, – Threw people under the bus there without doing it, so I don't well, know. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be banging a trash can on the on the 100 level when they're up to bat. I'm just telling you right now, Brett. I'm you joking. can't afford the 100 level. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, I can walk down there. Good lord. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. If we get some more sponsors, maybe I can, brother. Yeah, so we'll have to see. But uh, guys, uh, I'm gonna miss y'all next week. Uh, continue listening. Continue spread the word. Uh, we're trying to do some good things. No, all podcasts aren't going to be 42 minutes like we're at right now, but uh, we just had to talk about this. And uh, so, guys, just remember that you can always subscribe to Locked on Astros on Apple Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, basically wherever you listen to podcasts, Locked on Astros is there. I even saw it on TuneIn, and TuneIn is what we use for talking shows. So I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know it was there. And when you get in your car, Tell your smart device to play the podcast. Locked on Astros. I will talk to you later.